Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday service today. Please turn to number 538 and we'll begin our worship with I'll Go Where You Want Me To Go. Amen. And now we will have our call to worship this morning. 
Good morning. Morning. Call to worship this morning is Psalm 104, verses 19 through 23. He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knoweth his going down. Thou makest darkness, and it is night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meal from God. The sun ariseth, they gather themselves together and lay down in their dens. Man goeth forth unto his work and to his labor until the evening. Amen. Amen. So God has ordered the day for all of his creatures. He's certainly worthy of all of our praise. Let's continue to worship singing number 10. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty.
Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, we're gathered here this morning to worship you. You are certainly worthy of all that we have. So we ask that your spirit would surround this place, that your angels would surround this place and let nothing come in to disturb this time of worship. Clear all the clutter out of our souls, please, so that we can focus on you, your glory, all that you are, and give to you all that you deserve to receive from all of your creation. We ask in the name of Jesus, creator, redeemer, and king. Amen. And now, if you will... Take your bulletin inserts. Let's pray together our prayer of confession. You have asked for our hands that you might use them for your purpose. We gave them for a moment, then withdrew them, for the work was hard. You ask for our mouths to speak out against injustice. We gave you only a whisper that we might not be accused. You asked for our eyes to see the pain of poverty. We closed them, for we did not want to see. You ask us for our lives that you might work through us. We gave a small part that we might not get too in love. Lord, Forgive all our calculated efforts to serve you, only when it is convenient to do so, only in those places where it is safe to do so, and only with those who make it easy for us to do so. Father, forgive us, renew us, and send us out as usable instruments that we might take seriously the meaning of your cross. Amen. It's true. Let it be. We can take comfort as convicting as that prayer is from the words of the Apostle John to the church, scattered Christians all throughout the Mediterranean region. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the promise of God. And now with that, let's um, worship the creator and the one who gives guidance. We will sing first 33, all creatures of our God and King, and then 442, guide me, O thou great Jehovah. First 33. Oh, 
God and what we praise him one of the most for is his word and now we'll have the reading of God's word this morning scripture this morning is from Genesis 2 and Mark this is Genesis 2 chapters 4 through 25 these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pizan. That is it which encompasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is helium and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gahon. The same is it that encompasses the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hydekel. That is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden... Thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. 
And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. And now we have... St. Mark, chapter 1, 16 through 20. Now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. And now let us go to the Lord in prayer. Creator God, we thank you for your original glorious creation. And we thank you for the new creations that all people who are in your Son, the Savior, by the faith of him, become. Become over time as you work in them by the Holy Spirit, and the word the Spirit inspired. Please recreate your church that it may truly be the living body of the Messiah Savior, full of his grace and truth as manifestations of his strong, life-giving, life-changing love. And please help us to be a family of people that all people, so that all people, with open, vulnerable, and broken hearts are drawn to him, to us, to his body, because they see Jesus in us. If not perfect, then clearly enough to seek reconciliation with him and with the people also in their lives. Holy Spirit, please, cut through the isolation and despair in our nation, which has been made worse by the drastic measures taken over COVID. It is not good. 
Indeed, it's often quite tragic for people to be alone. Only when we join together to work together according to your will can true healing and wholeness happen. It seems the world is becoming more and more a very dangerous place. So first we pray you will save people from themselves and the death that we are all born into, being born separated from you. Please bring about reconciliation. And then as more and more people are reconciled to you, may we all together become instruments of your peace. Lord, we especially pray for the Middle East and Ukraine where there are full-scale wars in Haiti where the government has just uh, disappeared and there's now violent anarchy there. And we pray also for all the people who are living under totalitarian dictators. We think of people in China, North Korea, Iran, Nigeria, Nicaragua, all those places. And Father, it is too much for us. So we petition you, we stand in the gap that you would please do something. And within our uh, cell of the body of Christ, we pray for Elin that she may have a restoration of health and strength. And Father, we lift up Al to you. He needs radical healing of his body now, as well as he and his family having ongoing peace and love uh, in their soul and spirit over their loss. We pray for Peter, Linda, Billy, Norgi, their mother, and the extended family. Also for wisdom for um, projects and issues. Father, we pray for Allie. We pray for her health. We thank you for her faithfulness to you. We pray for her family's needs, um, body, soul, and spirit, the whole person. Father, I pray for my sister and her physical therapy. We pray for Ken, Rob, Sally, and Jimmy, Doris. Father, we pray for John and his family. Continue to be with them. We pray also for Cindy and Jeff and for Noel and Darren. And now please, please guide me as I explain, interpret, and apply your word. Please create in us new hearts to serve you and to rightly watch over and keep all of your creation, especially our fellow human beings. And now, because our words so often fail us, we thank you that Jesus gave us a model prayer that covers everything in our relationship to you and each other. And we pray it together with one heart and one voice. Praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen and amen. And now, um, take your songbooks, but first, turn in the back, and we're going to do a responsive reading from number 630, all about God the Creator. So first, let's go to 630. And if everybody's there, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea into jars. He put the sea into houses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great God of all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of pastors, the flock under his care. Amen. And now, uh, before we go to God's word, let's sing number 436, Take My Life and Let It Be, and let this truly be our prayer. Oh 
Awesome, infinite God created a universe that is both infinite and infinitesimal. To humans living on earth, it's impossible to comprehend the vastness of the physical universe. But God is even infinitely bigger than the universe he created. And now, since the invention of very powerful microscopes and quantum physics, we're finding out that in my generation, what we were taught was what made up an atom, uh, neutrons, protons, and electrons. Well, those aren't the smallest things in the nucleus. There's quarks. There's six varieties of quarks. And then electrons can be anywhere, but we've learned how to program them for our phones and whatnot. When we put this all together, all of these things that we know, the more we know about the universe, the more we know about Earth, the more we know about ourselves, the harder it is to believe that there is no creator. For those who have come to know and believe that the God of the Bible is the creator and sustainer of all life, the one who rules in love and truth, and the one who has provided a way to have a relationship with him as his sons and daughters the first two chapters of the Bible tell them all they need to know about why we exist, our purpose in life, and how we can enjoy his gift of life and love to them and really to all people together. Now, the first big truth is that God made all people with both similarities and differences. And what that means is only by working together within his guidelines and for his purposes can people live their lives to the full 
and have gratitude to and praise for him. This is where certainly in America we've lost our ways because people just don't believe that anymore. And why? Because of the second big truth that soon after God finished his creating work, humans disobeyed him and became outcasts from his original Garden of Delights, which is what Eden means, delight. We're now excluded. However, we heard from the Gospel of Mark, God sent a Redeemer. And because of that, all people who respond to his call to follow him become renewed people, now enabled to bring others so that they too may be Renewed. Now, with this broad background of our text this morning, let's look at both our Torah and Gospel passages. First, we will look at our portion of Genesis 2, which begins after the chapter 1 account, which spills over by three verses. So now in this chapter, we're told as a final creation, Yahweh formed Adam setting him in a garden with a tree of knowing about opposites in the middle. And the purpose of Adam was to serve and keep it, but he may also freely eat from it except except for the tree of knowing. So the, the first part is, is, is rather general and ends with Adam. When Yahweh made the heavens and earth, something, a lot, was missing. Then he formed as a potter forms Adam, who became a living soul. Then he set Adam in a garden he planted with that tree of knowing in the middle of it. Okay, let's look at it. And we're going to look at it word for word. And there's some things that you may not be all that familiar with. So let me also point out what some of these phrases mean. These are the generations of the heavens and earth when they were created in the day that Yahweh God made heaven and earth. That phrase, these are the generations, is a marker in the book of Genesis. It occurs 10 times, divides it into 10 sections. One section is so short, it is about nine verses on the generations of Esau. And most of these generations have to do with families or clans that were significant after Adam and Eve, which is the first generation. The longest one, for your information, encompasses chapters 37 to 52, all the way to the end. They are the generations of Jacob, Esau, highlighted by Joseph. Okay, going on to the next verse. Every plant of the field, before it will be on the earth, And every herb of the field before it will spring up because Yahweh God had not caused rain upon the earth and Adam not, he was not being yet, to serve the land. And then a mist will go up from the earth and it watered the whole face of the ground, namely Adama. So what's going on here? 
I believe this is chapter 2's description of what we did in that responsive reading where it says, in the beginning, God created everything, but it was formless and void. Okay, right now, the earth isn't very exciting. God's got work to do, and now we find out about it. Then Yahweh God formed Adam from the dust of the ground, Adamah. And then he breathed into his nostrils breath of life. Then Adam became a living soul. So, uh, sequential. Um, Genesis 1 and 2 has all these sequential verbs. And this is just a, a classic case of it. These are the first three of six before describing the rivers. What are they? Then he formed, then he breathed, then he became. Then Yahweh God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put there Adam whom he had formed. So this garden was put in a place named in English delight, Hebrew Eden. It was located in the east, and God put Adam down there. Then we're told Yahweh God caused to grow from the ground, Adama, every tree being desired in appearance and good for food, and the tree of life in the middle of the garden. So first, Yahweh made to grow from the ground all the trees that look good to men, <clears throat> they're pleasing to their eyes, and they bear fruit that's nutritious for life. But he put two trees in the middle of the garden. The first was the tree of life itself. And the second was the tree of the knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. Two things that are very, very opposite. Extremes of both character and action for people. Now, we, uh, things get a little bit um, more intense here. Adam was to serve and keep the garden, and he was commanded to eat freely of any tree and to eat from the tree of knowing that will be sure death. But first, we have an aside of many verses. A river flowed out of Eden, to water the garden, and from there it was divided. And it was four rivers, Pishon, which means increase, flowing around the whole land of Kavalah, which means a circle, where there is good gold. Now, bdellium is a rosin that was used for healing uh, in the ancient Near East and some places still today. And then onyx stone, it has white bands in it, so it's been used in jewels when it's cut and polished, but it was also thought to have healing qualities, especially for the mind. People would wear it around their necks for their minds. Then Gihon, which means bursting forth, and it flows around the whole land of Cush in Hebrew. Ethiopia in modern English, Cush means black. Then the Kidical, which means rapid which goes east from Assyria. And I find it very interesting that Assyria means a step. 
And, and we knew they built a lot of step gardens and whatnot. And then finally, Euphrates. And I love what Euphrates means. It means fruitfulness. Okay. So there was one source river that split into four. Now, the farthest they went was southwest all the way into eastern Africa, Ethiopia, and also way down the east to the Persian Gulf. Now, two important things, and, and you should look them up and read them if, if you don't have them impressed in your mind. Ezekiel was given a vision of a river flowing from a temple in Jerusalem. Ezekiel 47. I've put it on the back of the bulletin today. And John saw a river flowing from God's throne in the new Jerusalem. Revelation 22. Read the first six verses. And then Yahweh God took Adam and caused them to rest in the garden of Eden to serve it and to keep it. So here's the purpose. This is the purpose not only for Adam, but for his wife and for all of humanity. He was to work the garden as an act of service to his creator and its creator, and he was to keep it in the sense of watching over it and guarding it to keep it both safe and productive. That mandate has not been revoked. But it will soon be made obvious that this is too large of a task for one person. And, and let me make a point of this. I put it in the prayer. I'm, I'm very passionate about this. This is why I love God's church. Um, that God commanded his people to multiply and cover the whole earth and work together. It's at the end of the chapter before this, Genesis 1.28. I gave you two more references in the outline. I went to an all-day lecture where there were about five or six times when God wants people to multiply because his purpose is together that people steward his creation by both serving it and keeping it. God's people work together to steward his creation. That's the big truth today. Then Yahweh commanded Adam from every tree of the garden to eat. Thou will eat of it. And of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, not that thou will eat. Because on the day thou will eat of it, to die thou will die. This is the strongest way in Hebrew to state emphatically, this will be. That's why all the English Bibles say, you will surely die. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. But first, notice, Yahweh begins with a command to Adam that is a gracious promise. He may freely eat of every other tree in the garden, a large variety of every single kind. What grace of God. But there is one warning. Yahweh closes with a strong warning. To eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil will result in sure death. Now notice, he could eat of the tree of life all he wanted and live forever, but not the tree that brings death. And what happens soon 
after showed. It was not an immediate physical death, but worse than that, it was an immediate spiritual death. And the close fellowship he had with God was lost. Now, the second half of the message today finishes this chapter and tells us something from the gospel of God coming back to his original plan. First, Yahweh desires a helper for Adam corresponding to him, but none are found among all the creatures. And then he, God, built a woman for Adam and they became one flesh. Now also this need of teamwork and doing things as a team, we find out from Mark's gospel that Jesus called two pairs of brothers that they would become fishers of men. So first, let's finish up Genesis. Then Yahweh said, I will make a helper corresponding to Adam. But no other creature corresponded to him. And then Yahweh built a woman from his rib and they became one flesh. All right, let's start out. Then Yahweh God said, not good to Adam alone, to be alone. I will make for him a helper corresponding to him. And that's a very, very, very important word. Okay. Now, this is more detailed than chapter 1 where it says, God created Adam in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Okay. In his grace, God determines to give Adam, Adam, a helper to accomplish his purpose of people serving and keeping his creation. Because remember, the big idea here is that God's people work together to steward his creation. So now we get a big long description which summarizes chapter 1. Then Yahweh God formed as a potter out of the ground every living being of the field Every bird of the heavens, then he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. In whatever Adam called the living creature, that is its name. Then Adam gave names to all the beasts and to all the birds of the heaven. And for Adam, there was not found a helper corresponding to him. Now, again, this word corresponding, it means alike and yet different. And I heard somebody once describe this at a lecture. Um, If you have a wall, you really, unless you can do great cantilever construction, you can't build a ceiling or a roof off of that wall without a support on the other end. So it's the idea that two ends, rightly secured, can hold up a roof. And they're similar, but they're opposite from each other. But together, they work to hold up the roof. And that's what corresponding means. We're not exactly alike, but we can work together and cooperate. Now, the very last verb in this sequence indicates, because some people say, why is chapter 2 backwards? Well, it's not. It indicates all of these creatures were created before 
Adam. It is a true past tense verb and it indicates this sequence of all the creation took place prior to the creation in the naming from Adam, exactly corresponding to chapter 1. Okay, so that wasn't good enough. None of these were good enough. They weren't suitable helpers corresponding to. So then Yahweh God caused to fall a deep sleep upon Adam. Then he slept. Then he took one rib of him. Then he closed up with flesh its place. Then Yahweh God built the rib he had taken from Adam into a woman. And then he brought her to Adam. Now here is six rapid fire sequential actions and I wonder if it was meant to echo the six days of creation. In the first two, Adam's put to sleep. In the next two, a rib is removed and the flesh restored and in the final two, God builds a woman, brings um, Adam, his helper, corresponding to and taken from him. And then Adam said, and here is the only poetry in this chapter, this now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, to this will be called woman or isha, because from man or ish, she was taken this one. So this is a praise poem song. Adam sings praise to Yahweh God for his gracious gift of one corresponding to him but different from him. She was taken from him to be his helper. And then we're told that therefore a man Ish will leave his father and mother and stick with his woman Isha. And they have become one flesh. The Holy Spirit describes God-ordained marriage as a sticking with relationship, okay? It's not something that is broken asunder ever between a man and a woman. And together they will fulfill God's purpose for Adam as man and woman. And now... All God's people, through the grace of Jesus, can team up in various groups to do the same for God's creation, to serve it and to keep it. God's people work together to steward his creation. Last word of chapter 2, and this is important, let's not skip over it. Then it was both of them naked. Adam and his woman, and not they will be ashamed with each other. Now, unfortunately, this didn't last too long. But what this means is they had a totally open relationship with each other. No secrets, no fears. I don't think any relationship is always like that anymore. And I already spoke about what happens in the next chapter. But now let's jump ahead thousands of years, eons, to the days of Jesus and look at what Mark tells us. Jesus called two sets of brothers 
who were fishermen to follow him, and he will make them to become fishers of men. So I see two paragraphs here, one for each set of brothers. In passing on beside the Sea of Galilee, which means circuit. Isn't it amazing how much circle is showing up? He called Shimon, meaning hearing, and Andrew, meaning manly, the brother of Shimon, casting a fishing net into the sea because they were being fishermen. So... Jesus saw brothers in the act of fishing. Now, ironically, or maybe there's some purpose behind this, the more rugged one, we know how Peter had a temper and was wont to fighting and drawing swords. Um, This one was named Hearing. And the more mellow one, Andrew, we never hear him doing anything but asking questions. He doesn't get in fights. But he was named Manly. I thought of this this morning after I wrote this. Maybe it's more manly to be a peacemaker and someone who goes through life on an even keel than to be a brawler who really needs to hear. Then he said to them, Jesus said, come after me. And I will make you both to become fishers of men. Now this, you can't tell it in English, but it's a gentle command. It's actually not an imperative. It's not that kind of a verb. It's actually an adverb of invitation. You see, Jesus is more into extending invitations than compelling people. But he gives a new promise. He's saying he will give them new life with new roles and a new purpose and they will catch people instead of fish. They will be redeemed to be new people. Now, the rest of the Gospels in the New Testament tell us this transformation will be long and will be slow and will challenge them to the very core of their self-identity. But at once, as if on a reflex, they drop their means of catching fish and they follow Jesus. Now another little transition. Having gone a little, he saw James or Yaakov, which means supplanter, the son of Zebedee, which means my gift, and John, which is actually Yohanan, or Yahweh is gracious, the brother of him, and also in the boat, notice, mending their nets. So about a few hundred yards later, further on, Jesus sees two more brothers, And they're maintaining their nets. In other words, to be prepared for when they would go out fishing again that night. Now notice the change. Immediately, he called them. These brothers are different from the other brothers. Here, Jesus calls them at once without any kind of promise. And then we're told, having left their father Zebedee in the boat with the day workers, the hired hands, They went after him, Jesus. Having left, they went after. 
So they left their father who graciously gave his sons in accordance with his name, gave them to Jesus to go after him. Now, I've noticed the differences in these two sets of brothers. One common call, but the details are different. First, he gave to Simon and Andrew a life-changing promise. But James and John just got a quick call with no explanation. Then Simon and Andrew immediately followed by ceasing their work. So they were working almost 24-7. But James and John left their father in the family boat with hired hands and went after Jesus. Now, in spite of these detailed differences, the bottom line is that both sets of brothers would be trained, trained to fish for men. Jesus calls fishermen to make them fishers of men. And then it occurred to me, this is much, much broader than that. It has to do with God-given talents. And What Jesus does, first of all, is when people follow him, he changes their goals, their priorities, and their hearts. But, but, their basic talents, God-given earthly talents, will be used for Jesus, only elevated for him. So teachers will now teach of Jesus. Doctors will now heal souls as well. And you can go on and on with that. So now let's wrap this all up. God created people to serve his creation and keep it by working together under his commands. And his commands are freedom. But he has given restrictions to people for their safety. Now because of the disobedience of people, he sent a redeemer to call people to follow him. And in turn, they will throw out the net with whatever their vocation is or their talents so that other people will follow him. So it's still true. God's people work together to steward his creation, to serve and care for. But now, especially his last creation, people, were here to steward people and direct them to Jesus. So now for our last song, and we can't do this alone, so let's sing number 138, Bind Us Together, Lord. 138.
Good word at the close will be from Paul's letter to the churches in Rome. And this again has to do with God's creation purpose. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. For in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one also hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, We wait eagerly for it. So for all who are struggling right now, persevere in the faith of Jesus. In the end, will be just what we need. And for our last song, let's sing number 130, Bind Us Together.
together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord. Bind.